To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome once again to our Apple presentation. Today is Mac Part 2, and it is my pleasure to introduce Matt Valbrick, who is our Apple Certified Teacher. So, Matt? All right. Thank you so much, Sheila. Welcome, everyone, once again. We're very glad to have all of you here. Hope you're having a great day. We're going to continue with the Mac today. I am once again joined by trainer Cliff and trainer Rita, also of the TTJ instructor team. So we're glad to have both of them with us as well. Both Mac users, more than I am actually. Uh, so guys, how you doing? All right, well, they're- All, all good. Good, <laughs> sorry. Good. No, it's okay. No. All right, good. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, so we've been talking about the Macintosh. And if you have not, sorry about that. Chance. I didn't know I was muted, Matt. How you doing? Uh, oh, oh, doing good, doing good. <laughs> and just for the record, I did do a little research um, on a couple of mail mailing lists where I usually lurk and asked. And apparently, in Office 2019, you can export a document as PDF, but you still cannot export it as an EPUB. So, <laughs> or it pages. Must be, it must be the it must be the Office 365 subscription. You think that maybe that's the one that allows you to. Um, to do the, the person the, that I asked didn't specify, and I'm not a Microsoft fan, so I didn't go yeah, into extensive yeah. exchange I, with it. So. I don't even necessarily know all the versions, you know, well enough to say for sure, but I would guess it's probably the 365, which in and of itself is an interesting point because with with um with Apple, uh, if you buy a Mac or an iPad or an iPhone, you're going to get Pages, Numbers, and Keynote, GarageBand clips, iMovie, all these things included at no cost. And the Office users, the Windows users have to pay for it, you know, as, as a 365 subscription. Um, so that's that's an interesting point, too. There are some things, you know, I just in full disclosure, because I don't want to make anybody mad and have them come back and say, well, he didn't tell the truth. Well, there are some things you can do for free. You can get word on your iPad at no cost but it's very limited. You're not going to have the full suite of, of functionality and features that you do when you subscribe and pay for it. So, you know, um, all those kinds of things add up to our thesis statement, which is that Apple is the way to go, you know? And uh, of course, starting last week, we've been discussing the Mac. We've got, I think, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think we have at least one more week of Mac maybe uh, before we move on to other things. But uh, this is, um, you know, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's uh, presentation, you'll be able to find that um, on ACB. Uh, and, and I would highly encourage it because what we did uh, was we talked about the reasons why someone might want to buy a Mac. You know, we've been really promoting the iPad as a full-time replacement for a traditional computer, and it is. Um, and for the vast majority of, of people, that's all they'll need. But there may be some reasons why some people might choose a Mac. 
There may be, we also talked about reasons that you don't need a Mac that, you know, common misconceptions about the iPad. Oh, well, it can't print or it can't, uh, you know, handle external um, file storage or servers. Well, yes, it can. And it can do all of the above and a whole lot more. So, you know, we talked about those things and, and the critical areas where there are certain things that you really need to do them like app development that you really do need a Macintosh. Uh, we also kind of covered, um, well, we didn't, we didn't get too deeply into the Mac models last week. And so I do want to just review those a little bit. Cliff did mention them briefly last week. We'll just mention them a little bit uh, again, and then we'll go on from there. Uh, so the Mac models as of today, and of course, as you know, technology is constantly changing. It could change at any time. Apple, um, does not discuss unannounced products, which I think really applies to most companies, but Apple does tend to be known for their degree of secrecy for whatever reason. Uh, and uh, I think it's because people follow them like paparazzi, you know, and try to figure things out. But, uh, you know, they're not going to tell you until the thing is ready to happen. So at any moment, there could be new Macs and there are rumored to be several on the horizon this year. But this is as of today. Okay. What we have as of today is we have a couple of Macs in the in the desktop lineup. We have the iMac and we have the iMac Pro, which has technically been discontinued. It's available while supplies last. It's a high end version of the iMac, um, but Apple is recommending its 27 inch iMac as a replacement for the iMac Pro. So you can get the iMac in a in a 21.5 and a 27 inch configuration with different degrees of specs. And this is the all-in-one desktop experience. It looks and feels very much like a television, but a very, very thin one, uh, aluminum and glass. And you have everything you need built into one unit. You have your speakers, although uh, it has been stated that you'll be able to use your HomePods uh, going forward as, as speakers for your Mac if you want to. But you have still pretty decent sounding speakers in the iMac. You have all your microphones, studio quality microphones in the current uh, iterations. You have your camera, which is an eyesight, you know, a, a webcam. Basically, you have your display. You have everything you need, your Wi-Fi, all, the, whole, the whole deal in one unit. Uh, they're all solid state drives, uh, really, really good systems. And they are there with them, uh, although you can change this if you prefer a different option, but with them, you automatically receive a wireless um, keyboard and mouse. Uh, you can get a trackpad. You can get a keyboard with a num uh, numeric keypad. You can, you know, a lot of customization options, okay? But you're going to get wireless options so that, you know, really there's only one cable, and that is a physical power cord that you need to plug in. Um, if you feel you need an Ethernet connection, there are some jobs that require hardwired connections or you know, if you're like my son and you're a gamer and you really want that hardwired connection, then you'll need a second cable to plug in your Ethernet. Otherwise, you do everything over Wi-Fi. So that's the iMac, and it is currently still running Intel. We'll talk about Intel versus M1 here in a few minutes. Um, the the next Mac uh, I'll talk about is the um, Mac. We're still on the desktop line now. Uh, just want to very, very briefly mention the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro is not does not include a, a built-in display. You have to have an external one, uh, of which Apple has some options there. Um, their Pro Display uh, and and some other ones, but these are 
very, very high-end units. These are going to start at around four or five thousand dollars and go up. They are designed for, you know, um, probably like uh, what's the guy's name uh, that did the uh, James Cameron? I couldn't think of the guy that did the Titanic movie, and I just wrote a book about it or rewrote uh, James Cameron, you know, or Steven Spielberg, or you know, Hollywood. In other words, movie directors and and studios, and maybe the or, people or, or them brothers that can't never decide if they like to get along. Paramount, right? The, the Paramount people. Uh, and and may, maybe, you know, if you're working at NASA or some kind of AutoCAD, you know, these are really, really high end machines, multiple processors, um, RAID storage configurations. These are really high end units that most of us will never deal with because we have no need to. Um, so I'm not going to stay focused on that any longer. Let's go to the before third. you go on to the next one. You mentioned something with the iMac, um, saying that it looks like a mini TV with a ports and in a little more slender. It's funny that you mentioned that because when I first started cord cutting back in 2011, I actually used my iMac for watching Hulu because it sat on my, my desk was in my room at the time and that you know at the end of the bed. But we used that TV with the you know the Magic Mouse, which was Bluetooth. Or, at the time and still is with the magic mouse too and it has not changed the design at all just upgraded to bluetooth 5 i'm assuming but anyway well and that and that and it has um oh yeah the on that's right it's on off switch yep um but anyway we use that to watch when i like i said when i first started cord cutting we didn't have no cable subscription this is like i said back in 2011 we used that to watch hulu and netflix and whatever else we could stream back then for our tv at the time we didn't have a tv in the room was that 27 inch imac that i had got for a present on father's day that year that we used for almost two years and, and you absolutely still can do that. As a matter of fact, when we set up my iMac that we got, you know, back in the fall, um, we were playing with it a lot and, you know, exploring its various capabilities. And, of course, it has the TV app now, um, which has, you know, all your purchased content and your Apple TV channels. But then for those kinds of things like you're talking about Hulu and Disney Plus and all that, that you know, you can go right on the website in Safari and you can watch. And we actually did. My son wanted to watch. Um, did we even watch a Spider-Man movie or something on, on Disney plus. And I mean, we sat there on his bed. He had a futon in there at the time and we had our, our snacks and our movie, you know, and we just thought it was fun to do that as something different. You know, it's not how we would do it every day, obviously, because we love the Apple TV, but you know, it's nice to know that you have that option if, and when you so choose. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, 27 inches. It's not, it's not going to be your, you know, 65 inch, uh, sporting TV, but it is a, a very nice size. Um, and it's a very high quality 27 inch. They're 5K displays. So, you know, what you're getting in in the way of the quality of the picture and, and sound and so forth is really, really good. And if you were to pair that with HomePods, man, you know, it, that'd be incredible. So the third uh, desktop uh, model, if you want to call it that, uh, that Apple has is known as the Mac Mini. Now this is, and, and actually uh, Trainer Cliff could tell you more about this than me because he's got personal experience with it. But uh, from what I gather, it's just a small box, only slightly bigger than the Apple TV box. It does not come with anything. I mean, it has built into it a speaker. It has built into it, of course, all the things it needs to run, you know, your processor, your, you know, solid state drive and so forth. But it does not have any peripherals. You got to buy or use your own keyboard and mouse, your own display and even your own webcam if you want to do FaceTime video calls. So it's a, you know, it's meant to be 
a lower cost solution. It's meant to, um, there's a lot of different reasons you might use this. And one of the, um, one of the unique things that I had thought about, and I actually considered doing this, um, it's still in my mind at times, although I, I doubt that I'm going to, because I do like my iMac, but it's a thought, you know, I, one of the unique things you could do is connect this to an HDMI port on a television and use it with your television as a secondary, um, I mean, I probably wouldn't use it for watching TV that much since we have the Apple TV, but you could use it for anything you want to do and it just be connected to your television. You could be sitting on your couch with your keyboard and your trackpad and you could operate that way. And really and truly, um, I talked to Apple about it and they said, yeah, it's absolutely supported. They said there may be times things don't look as good as they would on a computer monitor because televisions, you know, their resolutions and so forth aren't often what we would expect. Even, I mean, they are, their resolutions, that's, I'm saying that wrong. They are good resolutions. They're 4K TVs and stuff, but their refresh rates and other things are not what um, some computer monitors are because they don't have to be. Uh, So there may be things that look a little less uh, high quality than what you expect uh, on, you know, if you do it that way, but it's certainly supported. And you could get yourself a nice little Logitech webcam and, you know, mount it to the top of the screen if you want to be able to do FaceTime video calls. For those of us who can't see and often just rely on audio, you wouldn't even need it to do a FaceTime audio call. You know, you got your Wi-Fi in it. You got everything. So it's a neat option. Um, and and certainly there are other apps, you know, applications in which that might make sense uh, as well. Cliff, anything you want to add about the Mac Mini before I go on? Because you actually have one. Yeah, it's actually slightly bigger. I, I'd put two Apple TVs side by side. And that's probably about the width and that'd be of about it. The- and then maybe a half of one um, going forward. So two and a half Apple TVs, but it's still relatively small. Um, if you don't know what you're doing um, per se, I guess, then you would, uh, let me back up. Because if you bought a, I don't want to give people the impression that you just go buy keyboards and mouses and it automatically connect. It doesn't work that way. I unfortunately had to pull out a Windows keyboard when I first got it because I couldn't set up Bluetooth out the box. Um, when you get an iMac, it comes with a Bluetooth keyboard that automatically pairs when you turn it on. With the, with the Mac Mini, you have to pair everything. Um, so it'd be recommended to get hardwired until you got your user account set up and running that way that you can set up your Bluetooth mouse keyboard, whatever the case may be. And I actually talked to Apple about that as well, because I remembered you saying you had to do that with your windows computer. And I I did ask Apple about, you know, what they, what officially is, is the recommendation there. And they said that technically when you buy a, if you were to buy a magic keyboard from Apple, technically Mac OS when you set it up initially is supposed to detect that by Bluetooth and automatically pair. But they said what they really recommend for best results, if you got the magic keyboard is you just get a, you know, use one of your USB to lightning cables that you charge your iPhone with. And you, you know, you plug it into the USB port of the Mac and then the, the keyboard has a lightning port on it and that's, you know, you're good to go. Or you could do what Cliff did and, and just, you know, any other keyboard with USB ought to work just fine for that purpose, just at least until you, even if it's not meant for the Mac and, you know, at least until you can get up to the place where you can set up a Bluetooth keyboard then. Yeah. And the only other thing that I would add is some people might say, well, why would I want to buy something with no, um, no accessories? Well, I did it for two reasons. One, I 
have a home office now I've been blessed with buying my house a year ago and I have my own office and I have a TV in my office mounted to the wall that I watch sports on during, you know, during football season and getting ready to start watching March Madness here in a little bit, but I don't need a monitor all the time. If I so happen to need help, I have an HDMI cord that I'll just pick up off the floor, plug into the Mac mini and somebody can come in here and assist me. Other than that, I don't. And so you get more bang for your buck, per se, with a Mac Mini. I mean, I was able to put 16 gigs of of memory or RAM, whatever you choose to call it, in my Mac Mini, got a 512 SSD, but that cost me less than a MacBook Pro would with the same configuration. So for me, I'm getting more bang for my buck because I don't have to pay for a screen. You know, I mean, yeah, I got a Bluetooth keyboard and, you know, a a mouse that is here, but I don't use it or a trackpad because I'm a key. They call me the keyboard king and that that doesn't go over like I mean, that's not that's not for no reason. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's a a keyboard command for it. I'm going to find it. But Yeah. yeah. But bottom line is I got it because it's more bang for my buck. And contrary to some people thinking you do not need a screen connected to the Mac Mini for it to work properly. Right. I, I don't even want to know how many keyboards Cliff has because he <laughs> truly, truly is uh, knowledgeable about keyboards and oh, he's yeah. got a lot of them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, just, just, you know, I have one in my room, the car in my office. We'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the quote unquote desktop line of the Macintosh products. Now, let me very quickly state that everything except the Mac mini in that desktop line is still using Intel processors. So the iMac and the Mac Pro are still using Intel right now. There are rumors constantly swirling about when the M1 iMacs will be released. And I'm pretty sure Apple said they're on their way, but I I don't, you know, we haven't heard any official um release dates yet everything is just speculation and rumor often based upon good research. <laughs> there was a guy but, that built you know, an iMac uh, m1 iMac because um he took his iMac shell and he took the m1 processor out of the mac mini and put it in they showed it on youtube last week it was pretty funny oh my goodness that's funny uh probably very much violating apple's terms there but yeah that's uh that's uh hey you know some people i don't know uh so that's uh you know that's yet to come now let me be clear Okay, I want to talk about the M1 in a moment. And when I do, you will see that it's incredible. All right. Do not fall for Intel's recent ads that try to say that a Windows machine with Intel is better than a Mac with M1 because it's absolutely ridiculous that the entire premise of the of the advertising is is very, very misleading. And honestly, that is enough to make me want to uh, trade in my iMac for an M1 machine. But I'm, I'm going to hang on to it for right now. And, and in spite of my disappointment in the way that Intel is handling this good, healthy competition, I still have to give credit where credit is due, which is that if you get a high-end Intel processor, like some of the ones you can get on the iMacs and the Mac Pros, and you get them with dedicated graphics, you don't want to use Intel's graphics, but if you get dedicated graphics, like I have in my iMac, the uh, what is it even? Is it the Radian? I think it's maybe the AMD Radian. Uh, one of them. I forget now which model it is. Anyhow, it's like four gigabytes of, of video memory dedicated. If you do that, you're going to be fine. So you don't have to rush out and say, oh, Intel processors are horrible 
M1 is the only way to go, even though that's kind of what <laughs> Intel is doing, uh, you know, and, and claiming with the M1. But we don't have to stoop to that level. OK, it's there are good to me that they're not very good losers. Well, that's what it is that, you know, they're, they're scared. Uh, but it is, you know, again, it, it's not not all Intel processors are bad. And some of the high end ones are actually quite good and quite capable, especially if you put the dedicated graphics in the machine. So if you want to buy an iMac today and you don't want to wait, I mean, if you can wait at this point, it probably makes sense. But if you don't, it, you know, if you need that iMac for whatever reason, don't be afraid to buy it. Just make sure you can, you know, as much as you can pay for, as much as you can reasonably afford to max out that Intel, don't get the, you know, the $1,000 iMac with its, whatever that base processor is, okay? And and do not get um, integrated Intel graphics. That I will tell you. Get the discrete um, uh, dedicated graphics, either AMD Radeon or NVIDIA GeForce whether or not you think that you're going to use it. You don't make the mistake of saying, well, I'm just a, a blind voiceover user. I'm not going to do anything. With now, don't make that mistake. Get the dedicated graphics. Um, so there, there are good Intel processors. Now, on the other hand, the Mac Mini has transitioned to uh, the M1, which is Apple's custom-designed silicon. And two-thirds of the MacBook, the laptop line, have transitioned. Uh, with the remaining one third, I guess, yet to be seen how Apple's going to handle that. And we'll talk about what M1 is for those who are wondering what I'm even talking about. But first, let's talk about the laptops that are available um, since we've been talking about that. So basically, there are three. There's the MacBook Air. There's the 13-inch MacBook Pro. And then there's the 15. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 16 16 inch macbook pro the 16 inch macbook pro is the only one that still has the intel processor and there are rumors about what's going to be done again rumors all over the map some people are saying yeah they're going to release a new smaller you know uh, 14 inch and they're going to really you know there's just all sorts of rumors we're not going to speculate at this yeah, point somebody sent me an email the other day asking me why they should get a macbook pro when the new iPad Pro is rumored to have a Thunderbolt port. I was like, well, that's a rumor, and I'd wait if I were you to see what's going to happen. But Well, and again, that's that's personal preference. You know, nine times out of ten, if somebody asks me why they should get a Mac instead of an iPad, I would say you shouldn't, you know, but that's, that's <laughs> personal preference. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what, it, you know, we've talked about last week. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's just we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to go with what's there right now. And the differences between, oh, go ahead, Rita. Uh, just, just to, just to jump in right here, where these, when we're talking about laptops, okay, that Apple has, I happen to be on um, a, a, well, it was a QVC shopping site, but it could be, you know, anywhere or whatever. And um, excuse me, they had. Where else would it be, a, Rita, for you? Um, an advertisement <laughs> for. Uh, I think it, it it was misleading. It was like MacBook Pro laptop. Okay. And so I clicked on it and was reading the specs, you know, and it said, Mac, I think it said MacBook laptop 2020 or whatever. And so I was reading the specs and it still had the Intel processor, but it sounded like it was the newest, you know, Apple laptop. And so what, you know, just be leery, wary of what you are buying and where. Um, quite frankly, if I'm going to buy a MacBook, a Mac computer or whatever kind, I would do it direct from Apple because then I know what I'm getting. 
Um, but I mean, those just to are point choices, out to you, Rita, and that's a good. So it's forth, it's a know, good thing it, you do your research because there were 2020 MacBooks, MacBook Airs, and Pros that were released in August last summer that did yes. have Intel, but the M1s came out later. So there are two sets of MacBooks, um, Pros and Airs that did come out last year. So right, good to read. The, you have to read the specs so you know what you're getting. Remember, um, Rita, there was a student in our uh, month with the <laughs> Mac that said she had to send hers back because she thought she had M1, but they sent her an Intel. Right. See, that's exactly because people don't know to for these differences. And right. you know, as soon as you make a buying decision, you know, you make an educated buying decision. OK, as soon as you make that decision, feel comfortable with it because the the next month something new is going to come out you know what right. I mean, I mean right. like, like when you you know you buy something and it's like oh man we should have waited you know the next one's here yeah but if you buy get one of these m1s okay these processors is just their own built-in processor and we'll let matt talk to you about that but these are going to be around for quite a while and it's going to last you for quite a while. You've got a super humming machine if you get one of these M with the M1 processor. Okay, and I'm going to let Matt go. So okay, and, <laughs> go and, and before I get to the M1, I'm, I'm actually going to I'm actually going to hand the baton back to Rita for a minute in a minute because I you have personal experience with the MacBook Pro that is most recent. So I'd like you to share that if you would. But let me just tell the folks. Um, the MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the differences are actually very subtle at this point because they both use the same M1 processor. So I, there's small differences. There's better microphones in the Pro. There's a slightly better battery. There's a, I believe that there is a, a um, you know, there are some subtle differences there with the architecture, but in a lot of ways, they're the same machine also. So the big, another big one is the, touch bar in the MacBook Pro, which again, there are rumors swirling around that that's not even going to be in the next MacBook Pro, but we don't know. The touch bar is uh, a, a an alternative to your traditional function keys, F1 through F12. And it's, it's completely, I think it's really cool. I kind of hope it does stay around, but hey, I don't work for Apple and whatever they do, I know it'll be great. But, but I, I kind of like it because it, um, is dynamic. So, you know, there are, you can access traditional function keys with it, but you can also do very specific things. Like if I'm in a pages document, that touch bar might display copy, paste, bold, italic, you know, that kind of thing. And if I'm in um, the TV app, maybe it displays, you know, um, uh, show information, the next track and preview, you know, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing, it's going to change and do different things. And voiceover will read it. You use your voiceover gestures on it uh, to control various things. It does not replace a mouse or a trackpad um, because it's not meant to control the entire Mac OS experience. It's just like for shortcuts and, you know, accessing quick things. And, and so it's kind of neat. But regardless of whether it stays around or not, um, the Macs have Touch ID. The MacBooks do anyway. And uh, you can also unlock a Mac with your Apple Watch. I should point that out. So let me um, let me let Rita, it, it, it's, I think our most recent MacBook Pro uh, owner here on this team, uh, let me let her share with you a little about what the MacBook Pro um, experience is like. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, 
when I went to make this decision, I, I had to make a decision. Because As her personal my, trainer, I can de definitely tell you that Rita does nothing half harder. She hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I had to. <laughs> it was called survival. Uh, my, uh, I knew my Windows PC was, you know, getting long in the tooth and not not going to be around. But, you know, it's like you keep holding on going, OK, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, then one day it just it, it, like decided not to work. <laughs> and, and so I was like, OK, I'm forced. I'm now forced to make this decision. And so I started doing my research and talking to people like Matt and Cliff and and making these kinds of decisions about what I was going to get. OK, and then I. Um, I, uh, you could do this a couple of ways. I went on to the Apple website, but then I also called because I, I like talking to a human being. <laughs> and so I was talking to this guy and we were going through the buying process and what kind of computer do you want? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> and so I started going down the specs because again, I, I, you do your research here. Okay. And these laptops, I was making a decision between the two. Well, at the time, there was two laptops. Now there's three, the MacBook Pro 13 inch, the MacBook Pro 16 inch and the Mac mini. OK, so I was making a decision. Oh, and the MacBook, uh, 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 the Mac, uh, the Air. The MacBook Air, yeah, <laughs> MacBook MacBook Air. Air. sorry, four, yeah. four. And <clears throat> that have the M1, the processor, because I heard about this processor speed. When, when we as blind people are running um, other apps plus the voiceover software, your system requires more processing capability. And I wanted the fastest I could get because... Um, these speech synthesis programs like, well, JAWS was absolutely took over everything and took up a lot of system resources in Windows. And I know voiceover is less because, you know, they built it in, you know, but it still takes up processing power. Right. So, so I decided to, that these systems come with an eight core processor and I decided to get a 16 core. Now, the, as they, they push out these, these new models, the processor is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, okay? It's just inevitable. It's going to happen. So anyway, I got the, the most I could get because you have to get it built in. You can't add it later, okay? And <clears throat> so I got the 16 core processor. Okay, and then we had to decide what kind of storage, what kind of memory. Now, um, in the Windows world, they call it RAM. Okay, um, and Apple calls it memory. And um, so I chose, I think uh, any blind person, <laughs> this is just my opinion, <laughs> should choose 512 or a terabyte, okay, of memory, just so they've got room you know, to do things. Yeah. It's like, you've got breathing room <laughs> to store things. And I will never probably fill up 512, but I wanted it just in case. And so, and then, um, and so then I, you know, I place the order and I am, I like a full-size keyboard. That's just what I'm used to. 
I don't like a laptop keyboard because the keys are scrunched together. So I did, made the, this conscious decision to get the, the keyboard that goes with my laptop. Uh, you know, it, it can only be paired to one thing. It's a Ma Apple Magic keyboard. And Cliff, you know, will have opinions on this. <laughs> you know, but I bought the, the Magic keyboard that goes, you know, so I could pair it with, because I'm using my laptop like it's a desktop. I do not plan on taking my laptop anywhere, really, quite frankly. Well, I haven't been out anyway, but I mean, if I go somewhere, I know that I have the capability of doing that. But how I've got my laptop set up here, it's like a desktop, okay? I've got a, a, a traditional desk, you know, office with a pull-out tray where I can put my keyboard where it's more ergonomic. So I have the wireless keyboard on the tray, and I also have a cable that I could hook it to the laptop directly if I if I needed to. Okay, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Okay, but <clears throat> and so I've got my laptop sitting here, and my laptop, quite frankly, is not even really within reach of me. I've got it further away on the back corner of the desk, um, <clears throat> and all I touch on my laptop is the. I the uh, fingerprint sensor to wake it up. Now <clears throat> that that uh, the glass screen that is the touch bar has come in handy sometimes when I've been lost um, and I need contextual sensitive it changes per where you're at, like Mike Matt says. So <clears throat> I've got the best of both worlds. I've got that touch bar that I hardly ever, ever, ever use, but when I do use it, it's come in handy. And then I've got the full function keyboard wireless with the function keys across the top. And the arrow keys are more separated. The six pack, which is really a nine pack is designated separate. It's, it's in a, its own area. Um, so I can get around easier on this this magic keyboard. I really, really like this magic keyboard. I, it's I, it's been great. And so how I set up my system was I've got my my laptop here, and when I pulled it out of the box, I was shocked. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm shocked at how streamlined and slick and uh, amazing it was like oh my god this i was afraid to touch it because <laughs> because it was so you know and i was like oh my god <laughs> you know and uh you open it and it starts talking immediately you know to set up your system <laughs> and i was like ah <laughs> so, so rita going back to what you said that you only touch it to do the fingerprint you have the external keyboard yada yada mm -hmm. yada why didn't you go with the Mac Mini based on the fact that you could have got the same horsepower in the laptop, whatever, based on the fact that you don't need the screen? I mean, you could have got a dongle to make sure or whatever. I mean, I know that being a new user, you might have wanted the screen to get a little help if you needed it. But is that your, I mean, you know, tell us know, why, I, why you picked the, the MacBook Pro over the Mini based on the fact that you could have got the same specs inside for a little bit cheaper. I, yes, I could have, but I, I wanted the, the whole laptop in case I did want to take it somewhere, you know, to show, like I do a lot of uh, public, well, I did. <laughs> but so if you do take it with you, are, are you taking your magic keyboard or you're actually going to, you know, put your hands on the actual MacBook Pro keyboard? 
If I demo it to somebody, I will probably use the laptop keys because it's just more hassle taking the key. I mean, it's real easy to slide into a, a, a you know, a carry case, you know, or whatever. But um, I but just probably, an extra thing to have to take instead of just. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because yeah. I just close the lid. Well, you know, Matt would say if you took, you know the macbook pro with the slim folio keyboard you wouldn't have that problem so the ipad yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's very true but anyway back to the mac um and so and i've got this it's kind of like a desktop computer experience for me because what i've done with my system with a lot of investigation a lot of asking questions a lot of you know believe me i've been talking to all of these guys and um <clears throat> about you know how do i make this work for me Okay. And I had a speaker system with a subwoofer that was hooked to my old computer and it had really good sound. It's old, but it's, it works. And so I'm able to take the 3.5 millimeter uh, plug from that old speaker system. And it's still, you know, plugged into electrical power, the, the subwoofer, and then the two bookshelf speakers are plugged into the subwoofer. And then I take the 3.5 millimeter cord, I put it into the side of the Mac and voila, okay, any sound coming out of the Mac now comes out of these speakers, which is really cool for music and, and so forth. And it's, um, it just adds to the, the sound. It just kind of fills up more. Now the, the sound itself on the MacBook Pro is fine. Okay, it's, it's very good. Um, but I wanted this more fuller experience. So I did that. And then, <clears throat> and then I realized that I needed to uh, be able to plug in USB things to the side of my Mac, such as the keyboard, if I need it, if the, the power was down or uh, external drives. Um, and so I bought a really cool thing. It's called a hyper drive. It's the hyper company, H-Y-P-E-R, but there's other companies. And <clears throat> it's a flat, uh, only like, uh, you know, two inches long and an inch and an inch wide. Uh, and it plugs into the ports, the USB-C ports, the two ports on the side of my Mac Book Pro. And then it's got now three USB ports for regular USB it's got the USB-C ports, two of those. It's got an Ethernet cable uh, and I think an HTML, but I'm, I'm not sure about that for video, HD. And um, so <clears throat> it is a really cool, because it's now it's flush with the side of my laptop. So now I can put an external drive and I can do a time machine backup of my device. A, a lot of people don't realize that you know they back up their iOS devices to the cloud, okay? But Mac, the, these Mac computers do not have, they, they can internally back up, you know, your what's on your thing. But if the system ever, something ever happens to it, you need to back up your system every so often to an external drive. And so I got a dedicated terabyte external drive and I, it's got a USB on one end, a USB-A, regular USB-A, plugged it into the side with this, uh, this hyperdrive, and voila, I can do a time machine backup. So <clears throat> that's how I have my system configured, okay? Now, everybody can do this differently, but 
these things are so customizable. And what's so cool about the MacBook is you make it your own. You know, your my laptop will look nothing like somebody else's MacBook Pro in yeah. terms of what's going on and how I've got yeah. things configured, how I've got it set up to talk when I first open the lid. You've got to do that. When you when you first open the lid, you, there's a there's a way to make it talk immediately, so you don't have to keep turning on and off voiceover. There's a way to make it go to sleep at certain intervals, like if if you don't want it to go to sleep every five minutes. There's a way to there's all these customized features that you can have different voices, different rates of speech, different volume. Um, you can you can make these things your own and. Um, the other environment was not as conducive to this kind of customization as a MacBook is. And I can see why people, <coughs> once you jump over to the Mac world, uh, you, you get dedicated fans, okay? Because the systems, once you learn how to use the operating system that is Macs, it's, it's different, but it's great. <laughs> and so yeah. you cannot do this comparison of Windows to Mac. You just can't because it'll mess you up if you try to, you know, like this is better than this. And this is, you know, I do this better than that. And, and, and blind people get really involved in these arguments about what's better and so forth. But if you're going to learn a system, you need to learn it. You need to sit down and figure it out because if you just dabble in it and open, do something every so often, and don't, you, it'll become a very expensive paperweight. Okay, so use these things for what you want to use them for, but but do it and learn it. Take the time. Okay, <laughs> am I? How are we doing? Here? You're good. You're good. You're, you're yeah. You're doing great. It was perfect. I want to. I want to piggyback on a couple of things you said. And, and first of all, that last one, because, you know, when I got my Mac back in tw my very first Mac back in 2009, this was before the iPhone even had voiceover because it was like the winter of, of 09. I like the, in other words, January, I had uh, gotten a job with our state, uh, with the department of education. And uh, they basically said, we're going to get you a computer. We can either get you a Dell or we can get you a Mac. And I already had plenty of Windows stuff. And quite frankly, I was tired of Windows. I never really liked it. It's just what we had to use. Um, and I had just bought uh, like the best Lenovo uh, desktop and laptop that I thought money could buy at the time. I mean, this thing even had a power dial on the front of it that you could supposedly overclock the processor and stuff. And I had like these five speakers with subwoofer and everything, you know, it was supposed to be the greatest thing. And I'm still having the same problems I've had on every other Windows machine that I've ever owned. And, and the experience was really no better. Um, maybe just a few more bells and whistles, you know? And so I really wanted to like the Mac. And so I said, well, go ahead and get me a Mac. Because my thinking at the time was, if I don't like it, or if I do have a problem, I, other, I already own Windows machines that I can fall back on. So this is a great way to get a Mac without any personal investment. That honestly was my initial thinking. When I got the Mac, um, what I did, because I really wanted to like it, uh, was I put my Lenovo laptop in a drawer. I literally put it away and acted as if I didn't even own it. I forced myself, instead of thinking, well, 
I can always go back to the windows if I, if I can't figure this out. No, it is, I'm going to figure it out or it's not going to happen. And I've always, you know, I, I've said that I give glory to God for giving me a sort of, uh, uh, just a sort of, I don't know what term you might want to use, but the stuff just makes sense to me. Praise God. I can figure out, you know, with his help, but I, you know, there wasn't a lot of, we didn't have Apple Viz and all those other things at the time, or I wasn't aware of them. Um, there was one gentleman whose podcast I listened to partially. Um, but basically, you know, we were doing this without a lot of help and, um, it, it just began to just make sense. And so I can't stress enough. I, I agree with Rita a hundred percent. If you're gonna learn it and you really want to be successful with it, you know, you can't compare the two platforms and say, well, this is what we do on Windows. How does that work on the Mac? No, you you have to take each system for what it is as its own unique entity and work from there. So I just wanted to stress that because I do agree with her on that. The other thing to go into um, that she said was about the USB and about the time machine. Um, when she called me and because she had been talking with Cliff and myself um, about the whole plan to buy the Mac and so forth. And she said to me, what USB adapters are out there? And, you know, my first instinct is to always recommend the Apple stuff above anything else, because I like all of Apple's products. And, you know, so I typically go first party if I can. And Apple does make some USB adapters. They make a digital AV multi-port adapter, which has three ports in it, HDMI, USB, and, a, and another USB-C. Because the Mac really has USB. They call them Thunderbolt 3 because they're not just USB-C, but they function as USB-C. So you can get those kinds of adapters from Apple. But then the more I heard Rita talking about what her plans were, she wanted to use this like a desktop. And she basically wanted that USB port or that dongle or adapter, whatever it would be, she basically wanted it to be as if it was part of the Mac. She had no plans to ever remove it. So it's at that point that I said to her, and you know, I got to give Cliff credit, much as I hate to give Cliff credit for anything. No, <laughs> um, you know, he's the one that first told me about with the iPad Pro, these hyperdrive adapters. And they really are, they do. They, they sit completely flush with the iPad or the Mac and I don't even remember what the iPad one is up to now because he told me recently, but I forget how many ports there are on it now. Can't imagine what you'd even use. And what was it, Cliff, like 18 or something? Uh, something like that. Yeah. But the Mac one that, that Rita has, I forget. How many does yours have, Rita? How many ports did you say? Yeah. Yeah. How many does your hyperdrive have? I forget. Uh, what. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. I'm sorry, Matt. The hyperdrive is up to 24. You can get oh, my goodness. Wow. Seven. I guess. Okay, here's a seven and one. Okay, uh -huh. so, you know, there's all sorts of varieties, but it does, it sits completely flush with that. Now, about the time machine thing, yes, the Mac does use iCloud and you can definitely set up a Mac without time machine and you can, you know, just use your iCloud. You'll get all your contacts, your calendar events, your documents, your photo, anything you store in iCloud. Plus you can always re-download your app store purchases, your music, TV shows, all that stuff. If it's in iCloud, you're, you're going to have it. But there may be times when you do want to use this time machine to do backups for specific reasons. You know, you have things set up in exactly a certain way, whatever. You have documents that are stored locally that need to be stored locally, whatever. And so in those cases, yes, you have to do your backups 
using the Time Machine uh, app to an external hard drive. And um, I actually wasn't going to use Time Machine at all when I got my latest iMac because I really didn't see the need. And then I started putting certain things in certain places and stuff. And I said, yeah, it'd be nice to have it, you know. And so um, I actually have a network attached storage device that has a lot of home video, a lot of video content on it. And I could have used that as uh, my backup source for Time Machine. And when I finally talked to Trainer Cliff about it, I actually, you know, he made me aware that it would have been even easier than I had thought it would have been to do that. But I didn't want to mess with it because I thought, you know what, this is this is my media drive. I'm just not going to, you know, whatever. So I just bought from the Apple store. And I mean, I, I can't even remember. It's probably $80 or something. And it's like a two terabyte USB um, uh, hard drive. And it's rugged. So it's designed, you know, even if you dropped it or whatever, it wouldn't be uh, supposedly a, a problem. And it's just portable. It sits on the, the desk. It's bus powered. So it just, you know, one USB cable provides power and, um, you know, the, the interface with the Mac. And it was, uh, you know, one of those things where because you got it from Apple, it was already formatted in Apple's file system. And I basically didn't have to do anything except plug it in. And it, you know, asked me if I wanted to use it with Time Machine. And I just leave it plugged in. I mean, it's just sitting there. It's not, you know, bothering me. And really, uh, as I said, um, my iMac is a one terabyte uh, drive. And I've got twice that on this external drive. So there's a lot of ways uh, to accomplish the same task, a lot of ways to get the same thing done. Um, but, you know, it is good uh, that we went over all those things. Now, I do want to very quickly talk about uh, M1 just a little bit more, and then we're going to get into uh, looking at the time here. We should have time to do this. Um, we'll talk a little about the basics of, of setting up and using a Mac. We're not going to get into specifics on most of that because it's, you know, we have classes on that and it's too much for one session, but we'll talk a little about the very basics and where to go to get help. If you do have a Mac, how you can, you know, access some of the resources. And of course we'll take questions, but I, I do want to cover M1 really fast. Um, as I mentioned earlier, and as Cliff and Rita also mentioned, M1 is the current name for Apple's custom designed chip, custom designed silicon. As you may or may not know, if you have an iPad, an iPhone, an Apple TV, a HomePod, and an Apple Watch, you're already using Apple's custom designed silicon. Some people call them ARM-based processors because they are technically that, that ARM-based technology, but they all have their own unique versions. So really M1, right now we're kind of using M1 very loosely. M1 is ultimately just going to become another version iteration. It's not, you know, three years from now, we're not going to say I have an M1 Mac. Okay. We're going to say I have a, whatever it'll be then an M4 or a whatever. The, I don't know what they'll call it. You know, it would be like saying, well, I have uh, an A12 iPad. All right. Well, you probably do, but that's just the version of the processor, you know, that you have in it, A12X or A12 Fusion, what do they call it? A12 Bionic. I couldn't think of what, you know, those kinds of things. And your iPhone has, uh, I guess, A14 is the latest. Um, Apple TV is, is still on A10 Fusion uh, right now. Um, and then the HomePod Mini has the S4, I believe, which is the Apple Watch processor. They've put the same processor in the latest HomePod Mini as they have in, in one of the latest Apple Watches. So you know, those kinds of things, your AirPods even have them. It's like H, 
H1, there was W1 was the first one, then they changed it. So these, these, these letter and number combinations actually represent versions of the custom designed silicon. So M1 is just the first one for the Mac. Okay. And it is again in the Mac mini, the MacBook Air and the 13 inch MacBook Pro right now. When it comes to the iMac, I'm going to guess, I have no basis for this, except just what I think is an educated guess. Uh, I'm going to guess it's not going to be M1 by the time it comes to the iMac that maybe it will be M2 or maybe some other first letter. Now, of course, I could be completely wrong on that, and that's fine. I don't have any knowledge of it. Um, but, you know, that's the point. It, and I suspect that's why the iMac hasn't, wasn't released at the same time is because it probably needs something more than the M1 um, to do what it needs to do. So there's a lot of that, you know, that. So when we talk about M1, that's just a representation saying that we're using Apple's custom designed chip instead of an Intel chip. Intel has its own, you know, i5, i7. It has numbers. It has, you know, some, there's even some terms that are used in, in the tech industry. Like, I don't even know what we're up to now. There was like Coffee Lake, Ivy Lake. There's all these names that most of us don't even realize are around for the Intel processors. Um, with the Apple processors, they also have their own custom designed graphics chips. And this is true on iOS and so forth as well. Um, and they also have um, their own custom designed neural engines, which are the sort of machine learning and artificial intelligence aspects of the thing. So if you have a recent device, and for example, your iPad or iPhone are able to do image descriptions, which are so cool. If you've never played with them, we had a student just yesterday and I loved it. I was so excited because she didn't even know it existed. And she was just amazed when we showed her and she had a photo and suddenly it said a photo of a person standing by a white door or something. I mean, she was just amazed that it could do that. That's the neural engine. And that's uh, in the recent iPhones and iPads and, you know, in these recent processor chips that Apple makes. So there's so much that happens and that's just the voiceover side of it. I mean, there's a lot of other things, people, inclusion in photos, some of the augmented reality stuff. So all of this boils down to Apple being able to handle the entire experience from start to finish. When Apple announced M1 and custom designed silicon for the Macs, I was jumping for joy. I mean, almost literally. And I think a lot of people weren't sure what to make of it. You know, is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? And as I told you earlier today, it's not necessarily a big deal today. If you need a Mac and it's got to be Intel, then fine. Okay. My iMac is Intel right now, but in the grand scheme of things, it is an absolutely huge deal because when you can control the entire process and the entire experience from start to finish, you can make a better product, okay? This is one of the main reasons. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the main reasons that we have such amazing devices in our iPhones or in our iPads. I guarantee you, and I'm sure in the right circle or maybe the wrong circle, this, this would really upset and, and maybe even offend some people. And I don't mean it this way, but I'm telling you, if your iPhone had an Intel processor, 
it would not run even a fraction as well as it runs now. That's not a slam against Intel. It's trying to say that when a company can control the whole experience, they can do a lot more because now you can custom design the software to respond to the hardware. You can custom design the hardware to benefit from the software. You, you can make crazy things happen that never would otherwise happen. Adobe, uh, the makers of you know Photoshop and InDesign and all of these very, very high-end um, graphics products, recently stated that their own software, Photoshop, runs 50% better or faster, whatever term they used. I don't want to misquote them, but it was a positive thing. 50% better on the M1 processor than it does on the Intel processors. This is happening because Apple can custom design it to do that. The MacBook lineup was previously getting, I think, somewhere between seven and 10 hours of battery life on a charge. The M1 MacBook Pros get 18, up to 18 hours of battery life on a single charge. This is the kind of stuff that happens and that can happen when you control the entire experience, when you're able to write the software to best work with the hardware and design the hardware to best take advantage of the software. And so in time, you're gonna see even more. We're still in M1. Just remember that again, that number, it's the very first one, okay? It's young, it's, it's, it's in its infancy right now. That is going to take off, and I think you're going to see amazing and incredible things happen that none of us can even imagine at this point. We've already seen incredible things like the 18-hour battery, like the comments that Adobe made, and like the benchmarks, the tests that have shown that if you take a, an Intel-based 2020 MacBook Pro maxed out, or even a Mac Pro, you're going to run and try to do, let's say, uh, video editing in Final Cut Pro, which is Apple's high-end video editing app, okay, the big sister or big brother to uh, iMovie. You, if you want to render 4K movies, you can do it with an Intel processor, and it might take five minutes with the fan running on high. You do that on an M1, and the results were like three minutes and 30 seconds, and the fan never even turned on. That's the kind of stuff that happens when you have your own custom designed architecture. So I wanted to just go over that and talk about why M1 is such a big deal. Um, and I would like to go ahead and take some questions now about the models, about the setups, about all this stuff we've covered. And then, as I said, I do think we'll have time. I mean, if we get a bunch of questions, we'll take them and, and that's fine. We don't have to do it, but I think we'll have time to talk about, you know, the basic setup of a Mac and, and um, how to get help with voiceover. Uh, right off the bat if you need it. So let's go ahead and do some uh, questions. Sheila, if you don't mind uh, giving them the reminders about the questions and we can take some. Yes, sir. I would be happy to. All right. Um, to raise your hand if you're on a PC. <laughs> it's uh, it's Alt-Y. <laughs> if you're on a Mac, it is Option-Y. If you're on your smartphone, it is on your screen. Just double tap on raise hand. And if you're on a, a landline, it's star nine. So we have uh, Beth, you may unmute. All right. Hi. Very interesting. Hi. Um, hi. I, I'm really enjoying this. Thank you very much, guys. And I will listen to part one when I see it. I was wondering, maybe you went over this in part one. Um, how would you decide if to get an iPad 
it sounds like the iPad can do just about as much as the Mac can. So could like could could you guys do the same things that you've been talking about that, that you do on the Mac as on the iPad? That is um, that is something that yeah, I would encourage you to listen to last week's when you can get it because we did cover that. But I will just very briefly say that there, there are only a couple of things, literally like two or three things that right now require a Mac and the rest of them, it comes down to personal preference. I, even though I have a Mac, I mainly bought my Mac because I wanted to be able to assist when we offered this month for the Mac course. You know, my original plan was just to let Cliff handle it because he has a Mac, but I thought that's not really fair. I want to, you know, be part of the team. I am part of the team. So I want to help. So I got the Mac. I haven't had a Mac in years though. And now that I have it, I love it, but I hardly ever use it. When I want to do something, everything I do for these classes, video editing, audio editing, um, you know, d web design, all of these things I do from my iPad. It's, it's for me, it's probably like 98% to 2% iPad versus Mac. Then there's Cliff, who, you know, again, you'll hear this if you listen to last week's presentation. He's probably more about 70-30. He does 70% of his stuff on his iPad, about 30% on his Mac because he's gotten into doing some live streaming stuff that's just easier on the Mac because of some of the software that he can use. You know, then Rita, she does almost <laughs> all of her productivity stuff on the Mac, but you don't have to. So that's, you know, it's all about personal choice and personal preference. Okay, I appreciate that. So, so you went into more of how to make that choice in part one, right? We did, we did. Okay, yes. great, thank you. I'll look forward to it. Okay. All right, Mark, <clears throat> you may unmute. Mark, you may unmute. Okay, hi, it's Mark in Montreal. It didn't unmute when I hit the button, so it's a little bit- Hi there, Mark. Later. Hi, um, my question is, I have a Mac that's like 2016, I think it was, came out, and I got it in 2017. And I've been dabbling, and I have boot camp, so I have Windows 10 on, the, on it as well. And I like to be on top of both, but I, I've always been one of these people who's been, oh, I like driving with the old Ford. I worked with the government of Alberta and the federal government here in Canada for 30 plus years using Windows. But I really want to get um, in touch with the Mac. And, you know, I know how to use voiceover and the basic stuff, but, you know, where do you go from here? My frustration is it always seems to be to take two or three or maybe four extra steps to do something on a Mac than it does in Windows. And uh, I've got a friend, Jerry in Vermont, who's been helping me out. He's well-versed on the Mac since 2011 or something. But I find it very frustrating. How do you drop that thought process of saying, okay, I'm not going to go back to Windows to try to do this because it's easier and just keep going with the Mac? And I find it very frustrating at times. And I I love it, but it drives me crazy. There's, so there's a couple things that I could say to you about that. There's, there's a couple different things. And, and I'd love to also get Rita and Cliff to, to chime in on this too then, because I know they have some perspective on it. Um, so there's a few things that I would say, first of all. And the first one, you know, even though it's, even though it's probably not going to be what you want to hear and not very helpful, it might sound, but I, I promise I'm not trying to be flip about it. I'm being completely honest with you. The very first thing is simply the mentality of making the decision that I'm not going to do that because, you know, the reality of it is with anything that we want to do in life, 
our attitude going in is the probably the most important key to either succeeding or not in this. If we if we constantly have in our minds, and I'm not criticizing you, sir. Please understand. I'm just you know broadly answering the question. Um, if we go into it saying, well, this, you know, yeah, I'd like to like this, but boy, it's just so much harder and I'm never going to get it, you know, then, then that's what our outcome is probably going to be, you know? And so that's, that's step number one is to just make that decision. If you choose to do so, you don't have to, but if you choose to do so, make that decision to say, look, I'm going to learn this, it's going to work and I'm going to use it for everything. Now, practically from a more functional standpoint, a lot of this comes down to the training because there are so many ways to do things on a Mac. And I can tell you this, the way that I do things on my Mac is completely different from the way Cliff and Rita do them. And that's not to say that one is right or one is wrong because it isn't. What it is, is that I don't use the Mac very often. I use the iPad for just about everything. So when I sit down on the, at the Mac, I'm using the most basic commands that I can possibly use that work across the board. And my view is if a person is starting out, they ought to learn those first. Because if you learn about a dozen or two um, commands and gestures, you can do anything you want in any app on Mac OS if you're properly trained. However, if you're going to use your Mac every day, you want to talk to somebody like Cliff or Rita, because what they've done is they've taken things to the next level. They have made it so if they want to launch Apple Pages or if they want to launch uh, you know, Cliff's live streaming audio software, he can do that in one keystroke. And if he wants to you know, change from icons to a grid. He can do that in one key, you know, all these kinds of things. You can set up really advanced commanders and you can set up all sorts of stuff. But I think, I think it starts with making sure that you have been properly taught the most basic fundamentals. And once you have learned those, all that other stuff is icing on the cake. And it may be the thing that you need, though. It may be the thing that's going to make the difference for you. Now, Cliff and Rita, without taking up, I don't I know we got other questions and we'll you know, we will get to you. But Cliff and Rita, do you want to comment any further on that? Because you guys have done that more than I have. There are there are four. Uh, they're called the commanders. There's four ways to interact with your computer with the Mac. There's the trackpad where you're using like voiceover gestures. There's the numpad, if you get an, uh, an attached numpad external or if you have a keyboard with it. Okay, then there's, um, <laughs> let me tell you, let me get, <laughs> there's a, a <laughs> quick nav, which is you, you turn on the ability to navigate quicker, okay, with the keyboard. And then there is something called key, keyboard commanders and you create these custom things like to open a different uh, a program all I have to do is like I said one co key combination and boom it opens and you set up these customizations now I am biased, biased to keyboard commanders because what they are is I never have to leave my hands take my hands away from the keyboard and I've set up these custom commands to where boom I just do it and it opens and I'm I'm in okay and so it's 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 this this muscle memory also um and so anyway that's my that's my premise of I can do things as fast 
Now, I never was a power Windows user either. Okay, I, you know, I, I got in there, did what I needed to do in terms of word processing or surfing the web or whatever, and then I got back out. Okay, and Mac has all these built-in commands that are just like Windows. Okay, to select text, it's Shift down arrow. To copy text, it's Command C instead of Control C. Okay, you know what I mean. A lot of these keyboard things are the same. But again, I, I'm not trying to compare, but these these built-in things that make it so much faster, I can I copy can text faster than a sighted person can, you know, because I just, you know, command A to select all, command C to copy, <laughs> boom, <laughs> you know, and, you know, done. <laughs> and so it, it really is sitting down and learning this. I, I do see where sighted people, I mean, not sighted people. Uh, people using voiceover are getting frustrated because there's all these tables and it's like, when do I interact? When do I not interact? How do I get around? Okay. And they get very frustrated by this terminology, this whole world of the Mac operating system, and then they don't conquer it. And that's where sitting down and getting the training to learn this uh, <laughs> is amazing. There, there are more resources now there's been this revolution of blind people jumping over into Apple. Okay. And uh, especially with the M1, huge search. So, okay. So anyway, that's my, that's my take on it. Okay. Um, anything else guys, or we want to go to the next question? I mean, I pretty much covered it. I mean, I think we should take some questions about 10 after now. So, yeah. So we'll go ahead and take some more. I will say this. We offered, um, this past year, this past season, um, we offered our first Mac course that we ever offered, and it's called A Month with the Mac. I suspect, although we won't announce, um, we will not announce new uh, plans until uh, late summer, but I suspect that next season, it's going to be more than a month because we've had a lot of requests and a lot of really intense interest in the Mac. So I, you know, keep in mind, make sure you're subscribed to our blog at ttjtech.net so you can learn what we're offering. And of course, we're not the only kids on the block. Uh, John Panarese of Mac for the Blind has excellent training uh, that he offers. Uh, we got our very own Tyson here who, uh, who offers his Mac, um, Magic Mac, uh, you know, that you can attend. So there's lots and lots of ways to uh, to learn, but yes, let's go ahead and take some more questions. Okay, Carol, you may unmute. Carol, go ahead and unmute. Wait, can you hear me right? Yes. You're can good. I mute it right? Yes, you're fine. Oh, sorry, my voiceover is talking. Yeah, a couple of questions. So I guess, I mean, I know this is like a, probably a, so Rita, all the things that you described and making your decision to purchase what you did, what's your projected time frame as far as you're going to be using that? Do you? Have a like a ballpark? Uh, you mean how long it took me to to get up no, no, and no. running? What no projected time as far as like looking forward, how long that's gonna like you'll be using that until you know oh, ten years? Oh, oh my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a good five years. I think okay. I can get mm -hmm. out of it. Um, because you know it. <clears throat> again, you know, you buy something and then the next model comes out. Right, exactly. That all depends so, on how you ask and what you do with it also, because my sister got a Mac back in 2009 and she just replaced it last July. So she rocked her Mac. And this was Matt. You, you'll remember this. This is the old Mac plastic shell that she was using for over 10 years. 
So. Oh, yes. The polycarbonate <clears throat> white MacBook. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't take the software update, I'm not going to replace it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's okay. like, and, okay. and, and especially we as blind people, you really want a humming machine. You want mm -hmm. things that work because we depend on this stuff so much, you know, that yeah. it's critical yeah. that our stuff is not crashing, you know, yeah. like, when, you know. Yeah. And that leads to my next question. So I'm a voiceover user. I mean, so my last computer, I guess the speak, uh, the speakers kind of crashed. So now I'm sort of worried, should I have an, like I'm just ordering another computer, MacBook Pro, but should I have an external speaker just to sort of, does that sort of like save the life of my speak, internal speakers? Or, you don't or need, what would you think? No. You don't need one, okay? okay. The speakers are very good, okay? okay? They really are surprisingly good. I've had people remark when I've been on the phone, wow, that sounds good, you know, and it's not been hooked up to my stereo, you know, speaker. Okay. Right. Um, so okay. And there's a lot of inexpensive, you know, speakers out there that you just hook into the 3.5 millimeter jack and boom, you've got an external speaker. I mean, there's anything right. from $15 to hundreds of dollars. You know and that's what I, mean? what I was going to say. In, in, <laughs> in the unlikely event that something would happen like that with the speaker, you can just connect a pair of headphones or something or AirPods or whatever it is until you can get uh, a right, solution. Right, right, right. Yeah. I guess I was just looking forward thinking, would it save the speakers at all if I'm getting a new one? If I got an external speaker, would that save it at all or no? I, I don't think so. I, okay. I think, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, that's, that would be my thing. I just wanted a deeper sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I'm such a audio person, you know, I, I wanted. All right, Rita, I'm about to contact really Apple and make sure that the next time they release some voices, we get a Barry White on the max just for <laughs> you. Okay. Barry <laughs> White. In, in addition though, I do a lot of zooming and I just use the speakers for that. In addition to my voice, I've heard so still. Yeah. Zoom is still just the platform of Zoom is crappy with audio production. Uh, okay. You know, it really is. I mean, even if oh. you put that on a, a, a stereo speaker, it still sounds crappy because mm, it's the okay, quality so of what Zoom is putting out. Right. Uh, it's not right. There's a, so there not is my, a setting in Zoom computer. though that you can you can you can suggest that people use what they call original audio and Zoom can enhance it. There is a setting in your in, in the Zoom settings to Zoom. do that. So okay I'll look at that. And it All does right, well, it does it does help out a little bit. Not a whole lot but it does. Okay. Great. All right. Thanks so much. Thank okay. you. <clears throat> Terry you may unmute. Oh Terry. Here I am sorry. That's okay. So um, I'm a voiceover user and you learn basically on a PC how to do a screen reader, but I've lost so much vision that I can't read text anymore. So I thought instead of trying to learn JAWS, since I already am with Apple, I love my iPhone. I haven't, I do have an iPad. I bought a MacBook Pro, but I'm 64 and I am just lost so can you lead me in a place where I can get some really good tutorial help <clears throat> to learn that? Because I am hold on, hold on, Rita. dedicated. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on, Rita. 
the first thing you can do is you can send me an email at startup.com or startup at iCloud.com and I will send you our month with the Mac tutorials, text, documentation, and everything. That can get you started. Now go ahead, Rita. I'll let you go ahead because when you start talking about your experience with the Mac, you're about as long-winded as Matt is. So I had to get my word in first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so his email again is startup at iCloud.com. Okay, and stir is with a U. Okay, send him any we did this month with the mac and we've got eight recordings or there's more than that up there of so that's 16 20 some hours of recording that you can listen to and follow along you know and try things on your mac okay there's one okay then there's documents up there also that you can download okay another suggestion is apple viz has a ton of podcasts okay now, about, just to give her know, the encouragement rita my mama always told me not to do this, but just for the sake of this, how old are you, Rita? <laughs> I'm I'm just under you, girl. I'm 63. Okay. So I just wanted 60. to I just wanted to point that out so she knows that you know okay. the age doesn't matter, that you know, All she right. you you can you can I got do it. it. Okay, and I use and um also quite frankly, it would be worth your while to pay someone for I would say at least 10 hours of personalized instruction to get yes. you on a, on a path I, for success. Okay? I would totally be okay with that. Yes. Okay. And so yeah. uh, you need to send an email to Cliff. Okay. okay. Um, there's also uh, John Panarese offers training, a uh, paid training. Those would be the two people I would trust to give me personal, knowing what I know. Arita, when do I get my check from you? <laughs> His commission. Yeah. I'm just joking. Right. And, and Cliff, you know, Cliff and I both offer uh, paid training each under our own company names. And a lot of times we end up working together. Anyhow, you know, if you pay one of us, I mean, certainly, you know, we, we both have things that we can contribute. And then again, there's John over at MacfortheBlind.com. So if you are going to go the paid route, you know, there's lots of very good options. And we're going to, as I mentioned, that month for the Mac, I, I feel pretty certain we haven't, you know, made our plans yet for next training season, but I, I feel pretty certain it's going to be more than a month next year because we can't cover everything in a month. But I do think if Cliff sends you what we did this past year, it will really be helpful because we did do a lot of those fundamentals and then kind of hit the ground running from there. Right. And you need to take it, teach it, do it like it's a class. You know what I mean? Sit down, mm -hmm. bring up the recording on your Apple iOS device, open your Mac and play with it. Okay. But okay. I would to get you started on the road to success and get your Mac customized to where you're not frustrated. You lift mm -hmm. the lid, it starts talking. You know, you do your fingerprint or you open it up or whatever you need to do. You, it's, successfully working for you and the individualized training can help you customize it to where then you can pursue the learning. Do you see what I'm saying? I would do the yeah. uh, yep. training first because it can be set up to work perfectly for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's what I would do. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Um, it were that, month of the mac was that on acb radio no no no, no that's the oh, one you need oh, okay. to you need to email cliff again that's stir okay. it up but with stir a it up 
at oh, it's S-T- S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P. At iCloud? At iCloud.com. Got it. Great. Thank you. And just let just let me know where uh, you know I'm you know, where I I get just where, let me know you? that you are the one talking about the Mac stuff and I'll send it to you. Anybody okay. that asked for it, I'll give it to. You. I mean, because the class was free, so. Great, thank you. And um, Matt, right now you don't have any other hands. Okay, all right, and it. Let me see. Three twenty. That, that's twenty after. Mm-hmm. Okay, one second here. I got my there we speaker off somehow. Sorry about that. Um. Yeah. So, you know, I think I know what we said in the description and I apologize that this was a little deviated from that, but we didn't, you know, we didn't get everything covered last week that was in the description. So I wanted to make sure we got the remainder of that covered for today. And and the only other thing, you know, that I will tell you in, in this brief amount of time that we have left for today is I want to reiterate what what Cliff and Rita also said, you know, which is that every Apple product is accessible right out of the box. And that includes the Macintosh. So when you open it up, it will talk. Uh, It will tell you how to to access voiceover on the devices that have actual physical function keys. It's command F5, just so you know. The command key is just to the left of the space bar. There's also usually one just to the right of the space bar. But if you have a, um, an actual Apple keyboard, uh, it's function on the bottom and then control and then option and then command. Now, if you have one of the ones with the, the nine pack, that function key is in a different location. But Yeah, full size keyboard is Rita calls it. And the function right. key is, yeah, you have the numpad and all that. What do you call them, Rita? Finger gymnastics in order to yeah, do stuff with that function yeah. key? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but Command F five is normally the you know the key, but it won't even it's you know when you sit when you first set up your Mac you're not even going to need to know that it will literally start talking it'll say what press return for English or something and then it says there's a built-in screen reader called VoiceOver if you want to use it press you know so it it tells you all of the things you need to know and then you know beyond that there are there is a great quick start tutorial that you can access during the setup process before you ever set up your Mac, you know, before you ever pick your country and before you ever enter your name and all this, it says to you, if you don't know how to use voiceover, press whatever it tells you to press. And I don't even remember what it is, but when you press it, it takes you through this quick start tutorial. It talks I think about the letter V and then you push escape if you already know how to use it. So. Yeah, it was that's what I couldn't remember something like that. But it I mean, it, it will talk to you about you probably have heard if you've you know done any research at all. You've heard about interacting and that might worry you. What is interacting? And I wish I had time to get into it today, but I don't want to rush through it. So I think better than me doing that, I would encourage you to send Cliff an email and get the recording because we did an extensive um, in like day two of our class, a really thorough overview of why you need to interact and how voiceover functions on the Mac and how you move around and and navigate and so forth. Um, Again, stir it up with a U at iCloud.com and that that entire course was free. So we'll send that to anybody that uh, anybody who wants it. Matt, you do have a question. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let, let me just, um, 
what was I going to say? Oh, I, I was just going to say also that there are a lot of other built-in resources. There's keyboard help that you can get. You can go through your commands. So get a hold of, and, and you can even, you know, um, you can even Google search this ahead of time. Just make sure you put the Mac OS version so you're not getting the wrong one. You know, get a hold of the voiceover uh, user guide for Mac OS because you can start learning ahead of time. All right, let's take that question. Carol, go ahead there. It's just a quick question. I just tried to do stir it up at iCloud and it just failed. So I wonder if you could just spell it out for me because I always seem to make a mistake. Okay, yep. It's S T U R I T U P at I C L O U D dot C O M. Yeah, so that's what I did put in. So no caps, no spaces, right? Right. And it seems to, it just comes back mail failure. So I'm not quite sure why. All right, thank you. Carol, um, email me and I will send it to Cliff. Okay. This is Sheila. Sheila. Yeah. Yep. No problem. Okay, mm -hmm. okay that's all. Okay. That's all you got right now, Matt. All right. All right. Well, then in that case, and that's weird. I think, I think maybe that's it's our maybe it's that? our server because I just got three emails from three other people asking for the Mac <laughs> month for the Mac stuff. So <laughs> yeah, something that, that's strange. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else you guys want to add before we let them go for today? Um, no, I think we're good. I mean, for me, it's you know, it's it's a can't tell people what to do, but you know. Once I went Mac, I never went back. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, but the one thing I will point out, and I think we said it last week, is if you make that plunge to go from Windows to Apple when it comes versus PC to a Mac, it's it's not an overnight process, number one. Number two, you're going to have to have patience. Number three, you might as well act like you've never touched a computer before because the, the difference right. is that is that big. It's there's no JAWS commands that you can use on voice on a Mac, and there's no Mac commands or voiceover commands on a Mac that you can use in JAWS or NVDA for that matter. So it's just it's 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 going to be changing. If you got patience and you got time, then hey, go for it. Absolutely. Yep. All right, I think that's going to do it, folks. Um, and we want to thank you for joining us today once again. Uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing you next week and. Uh, in the meantime, you know how to get a hold of us again. Make sure you subscribe to the blog at ttjtech.net and also stiritup.com uh, because we do announce everything that's going on, uh, our product, uh, rather our, you know, our training offerings, our different courses, promotions, and a lot of other things. And we do have uh, a class going on right now on the iPad. So there, uh, you know, you, you may want to learn more about that as well. So uh, again, God bless you and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you all next week. <laughs>